Hello and welcome to episode 56 of Talking Jacks. Uh, I will get right to it. Today's episode, uh, I am joined by my co-host, Ben Gosselin. Uh, yeah. Back at it after basically a week off. So how you doing, Ben? Um, It's good to get away from um, a game that we didn't do very well. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's, that was probably for the best, all things considered. Um, yeah. Other than that, pretty good. Um, yeah, I I'd think like we just... Think... I think we just spared everybody from like half an hour of just us ranting back and forth at each other into the void of uh, how the season's gone, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think we've had a number of like just sad cast and those just aren't fun. No, no one really likes to just listen to sad people talk about sad things. I don't think maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Um, Seems like that's the, <laughs> been the that's been the norm for me over the last year as an Arsenal fan. You know, exactly. Yeah, we don't want. I've been hearing a lot of the sad cast, I suppose. But the uh, the game we are referencing was played a little over a week ago. Now Uh, it was a three nil loss at home to Bethlehem Steel, and as far as I can tell, remember that's probably the worst home loss, maybe ever. Uh, um, I mean, there might be another one that I'm forgetting. In the Sportsplex era, for sure. Yeah. Um, I can't remember a game that bad. I, I, yeah, that game was tough. I mean, it. it's hard to really... It's hard to look at it in a positive way. No, obviously. there's absolutely nothing positive you can say about um, that game. It was an absolute yeah. disaster. I mean, yeah. I, it, like we'll avoid ranting, but we had... Mm-hmm. Almost our strongest lineup. We were missing Cordell Cato. And, and I will admit, Cordell Cato is a huge miss. He's got, I think, eight yeah. goals for us and a handful of assists. And he changes the way that we play. So yep. he's, a, he's a definite game changer. And so there's a small excuse there. But the rest of the team are regular starters. Uh, you know, I just, it, there was just no excuse for the lack of, I don't want to say lack of effort. Because I don't think that there's ever a, I don't I don't want to accuse anybody of quitting, but it, yeah. but there was a level of sharpness and a level of focus that was not present in a game yeah. that was essentially us playing for our our lives. Because now Agreed. here we sit with eleven games to play, and we are in eleventh place, six points back of the playoff line. I did a lot of math today. Uh, We're going to have to get about 1.91 points per game in these last 11 games in order to make the playoffs. Uh, For reference, we're at 1.22 points per game right now. So we're going to have to start earning half a point more per game uh, over the last 11 games against teams that almost all of them are ahead of us on the table. Mm. it's not going to be easy. In fact, I think it's... We, we've we dug ourselves into a hole that I don't think we can climb out of. And for to, yeah. to see the response after having, I think, what, they have 10 days off? Uh, yeah. Before that game, they looked, they looked sluggish. Um, obviously, like I said, the sharpness wasn't there. And... 
it just kind of was a picture of our season, you know. They never really got going, and then they kind of fell apart at the end. Yeah, and I think it's definitely noting. It's fair to say that things got worse early. I mean, they scored very, very early. Um, Yeah, and it was... And it kind of... I wouldn't say it quite unraveled from there, but it definitely never... We didn't really rebound, and, that, and that's definitely a, an issue we we've talked about, and um, it, it's been an issue. Obviously, it's, we don't seem to really respond very well in those moments. Not this um, year. Uh, yeah. When you go down, it's tough for anybody to go down a goal at home. Yeah. And then come back, but I I don't remember us. I don't think we've gotten a game. I don't think we've won a game where we've had to come back. I think we've gotten yeah, a couple draws. Don't. I think we've gotten a couple draws when we've gone down a goal, uh, but mm-hmm. I don't remember a game that we've come back and won. And and for that to happen yeah. so early in the game, the goal by um, by James Chambers, which I don't know, it felt like a movie we've seen before. <laughs> you know, yeah. just a quick one-two unravels our entire defense. Chamber, mm-hmm. Chambers smashes it. Uh, Dykstra saved it, I think. Uh, and yeah. Then I, did it take? Did he take a second shot before the final shot? Let me look at it. I feel like it, that's. I what feel happened. like it took it... two deflections. I feel like he's somebody took a shot. I feel like there was but a lot me... of chaos, and it. Yeah. It almost so there's, felt like there's the one somebody two. was gonna make a move, and, and no one really did. Um. It's it's tough. I mean, it's, yeah, it's one of those things where it, I we've continued to think, or I've continued to think, anyways, that things will get better. They'll progress. They'll kind of even themselves out. If nothing else, from like a sheer luck standpoint, I suppose. Not that luck's a major factor in this, but yeah, I mean, things have gone against us, I suppose, in in the realm of. Um, crossbars and weird shots and, and things like that but there's not much time left um so the the unfortunate reality where we don't make the playoffs um is unfortunately a strong one um yeah it, it, uh, it really definitely... is i think yeah it is uh so I, f- I found the goal it's not a one-two but it was just sam vines getting beat one-on-one which unfortunately happened a lot in this game. Uh, yeah. Sam Vines gets beat. Dykstra saves it, but right into the path of Chambers, who shoots it. And it did It did take a deflection, uh, but it, it went right back to him. Uh, he actually wow. shot it into his own teammate, but it bounced right back to him, oh, and everybody oh, wow. was scrambling. And, it, you know, I don't think Dykstra ever saw it, but it went right through his legs. <laughs> But Ooh. there was there yeah, well there were there were three worse. players in front of him, so it's ah. it's not like I, I'm not putting that on him because he made a good save on the first shot, uh, and he didn't. Yeah. I don't think he saw it until it was already past him. Um, it's tough, but yeah, it was just and then from there, like you said, it didn't quite unravel until the end. But uh, we didn't really threaten. We had uh, four shots on target. 17 total shots um it, it wasn't 
I don't remember us really ever coming close to scoring. I think two of the four shots were just like weak. One was a weak header. One was a weak dribbler. Yeah. Uh, one was Kivon off of a corner kick. That was that was actually our only really good chance of the game. Uh, yeah. And then there was a there's a fourth one on the chart that I just don't remember at all from the right side of the box. Um, so maybe that maybe we came closer to scoring. I don't know. But regardless. Uh, the first goal, and then there's a second. The second and third goals were almost identical, just on opposite sides of the field. Uh, just players getting free in the box uh, on the wing and and cutting it back across to the middle for tap-ins, um, yep. which has been. I mean, it's that's been kind of the way it goes for us this season. Like you said, the playoffs are. I'm not going to completely say we are out of it. Yeah. But we're pretty close to being out of it. Um I think a lot rides on really every game from here on out, but if we're going to get it going, we're going to need to get it going starting this Saturday against Pittsburgh. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of things that regardless of a a three-point outcome there's a lot of things i'm going to want to look see in this game um as far as positives to take from this game to kind of alter the i guess the season in a way which not to say that there's a lot um riding on this game but i mean there obviously is um just from a morale perspective i suppose i mean there is a little bit of a delay in between games so that that's definitely a positive i don't know um, if it is a positive chance to get healthy i mean there's that aspect you can maybe maybe we yeah. can get kato back and a, and a couple of the other guys like donnie smith maybe donnie smith can get healthy jung su maybe he yeah. gets healthy but i don't know that seems like one of those games that you want to play three days later and 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 get it past you you don't want to be thinking about it for 10 days like they again had to do like that's what's been so weird about this schedule is it's been yeah. crazy 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 but then we've played, I think now two weeks in a row or two games in a row where we've had ten days off in between, and yeah. now it's gonna go crazy, crazy, crazy again where we're playing Saturday, mm-hmm. Wednesday, Saturday. Like, why can't we just break that up a little more evenly? Because there is yeah. gonna be a point, uh, and like I know that this Santos Laguna friendly is great on paper, but it can't. I mean, it's it's coming at the worst possible time. Yeah. You know, it'll be. In between, sandwiched in between two Saturday games, mm. uh, I think they're both at home though. So at, lo- at least we won't have to travel at all. Yeah, that's uh, definitely possible. But with our injury history, it's like maybe maybe Colorado will loan us some of their academy players, and we can just trot them out there for the for the friendly. Or, or yeah, maybe I we mean... can call up. Maybe we can sign some Charlotte soccer kids up uh, <laughs> as well to like temporary contracts for the rest of the season and just have them train with us and then play that game <laughs> instead if they of want to send us enzo i'm okay with that too no um, i want enzo to stay in colorado i don't want him to come in here and get hurt i mean that's that's true I, yeah. he played really good against the in the last friendly he played against yeah he played he did. In. so uh, um so maybe yeah. alex will score a goal in his 30 minute appearance there you go. Because I imagine we'll probably start like our <laughs> normal starters and then take most of them out before or at halftime. Yeah, 
uh, shall see. But that's, that's a, I'm still excited. Yeah, that's about regardless a month away. The way the season goes, still looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, still. Yeah, there's there's still a lot of season left in in a way. Yep. Um, because who who's to say what's going to happen with other teams? I mean, we're we're looking on the outside, but we're still in the realm of other teams. I mean, we're, we're only two games or two points behind uh, North Carolina, who's on the same amount of games played as us. Yeah, um, and we do play them two 20. more times. Like there there is one yeah. positive to playing only teams ahead of us. It's that yeah. if we take points off of them, those are also points that they're not getting, you know? Yeah. So it, it's not as if we're going and playing the, all the bottom feeders and beating mm-hmm. them. Meanwhile, the rest of the league is still gaining points. At least if we are going to go on a run, a la beatless, the, yeah. like the two years past, we're going to be doing it against Pittsburgh, Louisville, Car- uh, Carolina, Nashville, Charleston, New York, like teams that we need mm-hmm. to pass in the standings. Uh, yeah, to 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 make it to, into that last couple spots, but uh, it starts with Pittsburgh. So uh, yes. let's talk about Pittsburgh. Um, we joined. We were joined by uh, Justin Ashcraft or Ashcroft. Yes, Ashcroft, right? Yeah, no, Ashcraft. I was right the first time. Go yep. with your. I should have gone with my gut. Uh, <laughs> We were joined by Justin Ashcraft of Mongols, which is a podcast um, on the BGN network all about the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. So yeah. let's uh, let's talk with him, and then we will be back to talk about some news and wrap it up. So, everybody, we are here with Justin Ashcraft of Mongols, which is a podcast that covers the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Welcome to the show, Justin. Yeah, man. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Just love getting to talk to people around the league and kind of promote soccer uh, wherever we can. Yeah, we're really enjoying it. This is our first season doing, you know, interviews with with other content creators. So that's been an interesting and fun uh, kind of quest for us. You know, it's we're doing we're all doing the Lord's work here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. So I'm, I'm excited to talk to you. So with that being said, I know it's been quite a season so far for Pittsburgh. Could you kind of tell us a little bit about, I know everything's changed, uh, you know, starting with the rebrand and new coach and all that, but I'll let you kind of give us a brief overview of the season so far. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, you know, just starting with the rebrand at the beginning of the season was an awesome um, sort of energizing push to Pittsburgh. I think, um you know, knowing just the culture of Pittsburgh, um, you know, it's a hockey football city. Um, and so soccer is kind of an afterthought for the most part. But so anytime the Riverhounds can get some extra energy by um, getting some media hype and all of that kind of stuff is good, good work. So um, I think the rebrand really helped with that. It was a good thing for us to be able to um, kind of get some, you know, get some energy going early in the off season um, and early in the season. Uh, and then I think Lily coming in has been a huge difference maker. Um, you know, we had Dave Brandt last year, um, and he wasn't able to coach in the USL this year with the new regulations as far as um, USL coaching licenses. So I think we just benefited from Rochester's um, downfall, however you want to say that, by being able to get Bob 
Um, and Bob's been a great thing, but I think um, even more so just the players that he's brought in has made a huge difference. Um, and I think, you know, just having a coach who has been successful in the USL, who knows how to um, make success happen, who knows how to keep guys motivated, um, I think will make a huge difference to any team. So I think that's been a, that's been a good thing for us. Um, I think the season has been interesting. I'm not sure that the Riverhounds have kind of hit their stride yet as far as where Bob wants them to be. Um, at least that's what you keep <laughs> wow. hearing out of that's what you keep hearing out of Bob and, and Tuffy, the owner. They keep just saying, like, ah, yeah, it's good, but it's not great. And yeah. we're all like, oh my gosh, we're in second place. <laughs> what is this? Uh, so it is kind of a crazy thing to keep uh, keep going. But I think I mean I think it's been fun just watching the team bond um, kind of come together as two sort of you know, seven players from the Riverhounds last year, seven players from the Rhinos last year. And so just watching that team dynamic has been exciting and fun. And then some of the additional players. So uh, it's been a real fun season. I think just as a fan, um, just going from 10th place or 8th place, whatever we were last year, into second place has been super enjoyable. Um, but, yeah, it's been a fun season. Interesting. So um, I didn't. Well, quite. So you said there's been seven Rochester players and seven former, uh, I almost said Rhino players, but uh, <laughs> Riverhound players that have kind of made up the roster, and of course other additions. Yeah. Um, how do you think those players have gelled um, yeah. as far as that goes? Because that's a not a lot of turnover, but that's still a lot of moving parts that have got to work, and a new coach and all that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I think the Rochester players definitely helped with that because they already understood Bob's system. I mean, they already understand how he wants them to play. I mean, bringing in guys like um, Canardo Forbes and Cristiano Francois, I mean, they know they know how Bob wants to play. They know how his style of play works. Um, so for them, it was just bonding with the other players and kind of creating some, um, you know, creating some good um, chemistry out on the field. I mean, I think we benefited from keeping some young guys around who are still, um, like, moldable, I guess. Yeah. Um, you look at guys like Toby Adewale, um, K-Banjo, some of these other guys who are a little bit younger um, who are still figuring out their own play style, so it's easier for them to kind of slot into a new coach's system. Um, yeah. I think, you know, guys like Kevin Kerr, I think Kevin Kerr probably took a little bit into the season to start really understanding how, where, and how Bob wanted him to move. Um, but now that he's got there, I mean, he's just as effective as he's been over the last couple of years. So I think it's just, you know, I think it took some time. I think, you know, you saw that early in the season. I think, you know, in the first 10 games or 12 games, we had six draws. So, I mean, I think there was, it took some time to kind of get that momentum, forward momentum going. Um, but it's been good since then. So I think it's just, yeah, it took time, but it, it worked. Gotcha. If you're getting results during that time, that's definitely a positive. Oh, I mean, yeah. They're, they're draws, but, I mean, it's it's points that you're gaining ultimately. Yeah, for sure. Um, but that's uh, that's an interesting perspective there. Um, w- one thing I've definitely been curious on is um, when I saw originally that the only keeper, if I'm not mistaken, or the main keeper that uh, was signed was is it Daniel Lind. Yep. Yeah. Daniel Lind, I don't remember him being particularly great last year for Rochester, and that was still with um, with Bob Lilly. So, so what is it? Just his system working better in Pittsburgh, or has he just evolved that much more? Or what do you think is part of his uh, um, upward trajectory? Yep, 
I think there's a little bit of just consistent starts. Um, you know, mm. last year he was sitting behind Thomas Gomez, who's now St. Louis's starting keeper. And so, um, you know, he was only getting Open Cup and, and some games here and there. Um, so he wasn't playing all the time. So I think when you're playing all the time, like that definitely helps. I think the other big one is Hunter Gilstrap, our goalkeeper coach, is just a really good goalkeeper coach. Like, I don't, okay. you know, I don't know what his ceiling is as far as um, goalkeepers and, and how he coaches them and everything. But he was, I think, yeah. two years ago or a year ago, invited into the under 14, U.S. under 14 camp to help wow. their goalkeepers. So, like, he's just a good goalkeeper coach. So I think he knows yeah. how to get things out. And I think the last couple of years in Pittsburgh kind of, exemplify that you know i think last year we went through trey mitchell kieselbroom and matt perella um and he had them all ready to go at different times and i think this year is kind of the same thing you know i think we started out daniel lynn started a couple games at the beginning but i think kyle morton was almost overtaking him in that spot and Mm. um and then kyle morton tore his acl or something and so he's been out for the season and so daniel lynn has kind of regained that spot um and now that he's going to be out for the next couple games you know i'm sure i don't know okay which um, keeper is going to start um, on Saturday? But I think you know, Hunter will have him be the guy. Um, keepers this year have benefited from a good Lily defense. I mean, however <laughs> you want to put that. I mean, we just don't give up that many shots on goal. I mean, there's been games where we don't, we haven't given up a shot on goal. Um, yeah. And so, like, there's just uh, Lind, as good as he's been, and, and as good as his goals against average has been, I think he's averaging like two goals a game or two saves a game. Um, and wow. so he just doesn't have to make that many saves. So okay. I think a it's a little bit, bit of defense defense and um, coaching. Very cool. So you did bring this up, and I think you essentially answered this question. But I did see that uh, collision he had in that steel game. So it looks like he's going to be out for a couple games. He won't be playing in this next one. Yeah, I think. I mean, the team hasn't been really uh, upfront with their announcements as far as what it's been, but I assume yeah. it's a. I mean, I assume it's a concussion, and so I'm yeah. assuming he's in concussion protocol. And you know, yeah. that can be a week, and that can be six weeks. So um, I don't know when he's going to be back, but we'll see. So uh, he's definitely not yeah. playing this week, and I think you guys are also getting the benefit of not seeing Kevin Kerr this week. So uh, oh, okay, a couple, cool. couple guys out for us. If, uh, like, five other guys can get lost on their way to the stadium, that'd be cool. Um, you know, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh traffic, you never know. I mean, we'll just tell them we're playing in uh, Rochester. And, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> that happened for one of y'all, didn't it? That yeah, happened this yeah, year? Yeah. So we'll just uh, confuse the schedule, I suppose. Sure, uh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> interesting. Um, so – what, how would you describe Lily Ball for those that may not be very familiar with that? I know we had one question yeah. about that. Or how I was going to ask that been, anyway, so go, yeah, that's a good one. How has it been effective? Has there been any evolution to Lily Ball with Pittsburgh, or has it just been Lily Ball this year? Yeah, I think that's been an interesting question. So when we, um, you know, when Lily got hired at the beginning of the season, there was a lot of talk among the Mongols crew of, like, what is – Lily ball and how do we describe it? You know, when, when we do a podcast like this or we get questions from other teams, like what do we just, how do we even describe what Lily ball even is? So I think even in the first 10, 12 weeks of the season, there was a lot of still just discussion of what that means. I think the way that I would define it is just discipline. I think he really kind of expect guys to know their assignment on the field and to be able to execute that for 90 minutes. Um, and so he just doesn't like, you can call it defensive. I don't think it's that way because I think if he 
sees that a player has the opportunity to turn and go, like he wants that player to turn and go. If yeah. he's got, you know, if if they're seeing a direct ball and that over the top is going to work, then he wants that. If it's going to be more tiki-taka passing, um, kind of boring the other team to death, I mean, he'll want that. So I think he just wants p- players to understand the field, understand the game, and then be able to execute their role in the system for 90 minutes. Um, I think a couple other examples of just how you see that. I think we're the second lowest yellow-carded team in the league right now. We don't have a red card all season. Um, and so just looking at, like, and you can blame that on officiating or whatever. I, You know, it is what it is in the USL. But I think there's just, you know, we just don't give up stupid fouls. And our yellow cards have been mostly, I would say, just tactical, you know, pulling a player down when they're on a breakaway and all that, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So it just doesn't, we don't give up a whole lot of, like, rash challenges, I would say. Um, so what you're saying is the... Pittsburgh is second because the referees are favoring them. Okay, cool. <laughs> this is some you good could, analysis we got you here. Could, you could say that, but we don't feel that way in Pittsburgh. <laughs> I can tell you that much. Nah, just, just with you. Um, we, we've been uh, shooting ourselves in the foot in, in, in that sense, so we're, we're the exact opposite of that. I think we – I know last time I looked, we had more uh, – red cards than Las Vegas, or very close to, which is yeah. not something... We don't want to be in the conversation no, no. with Las Vegas. Um, <laughs> no, no, that's yeah. not a conversation. No hate for Las Vegas, but they are... Um, they're the lights. What, yeah. the, 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 what, are the, what other way can we put yeah. it? Um, Alex, do you have any questions? I don't have a question, but I think it's, it's, it's going to be an interesting matchup for me because I feel like we have almost the exact opposite philosophy from mm. Pittsburgh... Uh, from a playing standpoint, I think we we sometimes put way too much emphasis in our attack, and that bears out in the numbers uh, over the past couple of seasons, where we're up there in the top three or four in the league in goals scored, but we're near the bottom usually in goals against, and and it's just uh, it's going to be an interesting matchup to see if that changes over the last. We have eleven games left, and mm. we are going to be scrapping for points for in every single in every single game to make the playoffs. So it's going to be interesting to see yeah. if, if coach Jeffries shifts his philosophy at all to be more stable at the back, uh, which is something I've kind of been begging us to do all season. Uh, <laughs> but I, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, we did just sign a new defender today on loan, but I'd be surprised if he's in the lineup uh, come Saturday but he's you never available. Know. He is available. They always <laughs> they, usually what happens with these signings is they come, they, they start training early in the week and then they announce it on Thursday. Uh, that's yeah. been kind of the, the MO of the front office, but a week for a, a center back is not a lot of time to bet in, but with the way yeah. we play defense, maybe, you know, hey, maybe we I, will I, see him. <laughs> It depends on when the players have gotten there, but I've seen Rowdy's players get signed the day of, and then they're like, oh, they're in the starting lineup. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, yeah, I think we've, I mean, I think we've done that with a few loan players. Not this, not so much this season. I don't think Bob is a big fan of loans because um, he just doesn't do them, it seems like. Uh, but we had, we did get one player from Columbus this year, and I think he only started, I think he started the first game he played, and then he played one more, and then he hasn't appeared again. So I don't know if that was, Columbus calling him back or uh, us just feeling like we didn't need him or what. But, yeah. Um, interesting. Yeah, it is interesting with those loans, how they can work sometimes. And how players can appear and disappear and 
we saw that a lot last year with the player we have this year but don't haven't used very much because of injury. Yeah, and Donnie Smith, where he was he was here and he was great, and then he was gone, and then all of a sudden he was back again. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Uh, we have struggled with that in the past, but this year we've had four guys on loan, and they've been here throughout the season, which has been nice because yeah. when you got, mm-hmm. I mean, we haven't really used two of them all that much. Uh, yeah, but the other one's been our pretty much our starting goalkeeper for better or for worse, uh, and the fan yeah. base is pretty split on whether or not he should play or the, yeah. the guy who's not on loan should play but neither yeah. neither yeah. one of them have played all that well so <laughs> yeah i've been kind of back and forth on that i feel like pittsburgh had um pittsburgh had a relationship with houston for a while a couple mm-hmm. years ago before rgv hmm. existed and um like that was just a really bad relationship it was just like players would come in for a week and then disappear and then come in and then disappear and it was like there was no you know and that yeah it was just a very weird that was just a very weird relationship. Once it switched to Columbus, and we don't have that anymore, that's been the last two years that we've had Columbus. It's been a little bit better because Columbus is closer, and you know they've done some closed-door scrimmages and different things mm-hmm. to kind of accentuate that relationship. But it's okay. just, you know, it is weird when teams are just kind of like sending you players, and then you're like, ah, I'm not sure, and then, yeah. Yeah. Is, is that your, I guess, loose affiliate to the MLS? Um, yeah, it was a more official affiliate the last two years. Um, we had oh. guys like, we had guys like Marshall Hollingsworth, um, okay, yeah. coming down and I can't think of, oh yeah. Two years ago we were having our normal rash of goalkeeper injuries. I don't know if you know that about Pittsburgh, like Pittsburgh is like famous for like over the last couple of years, we just can't keep a goalkeeper healthy for any length of time. And that's Ooh. bearing out again this year. Um, two years ago. Um, when Columbus signed Zach Steffen um, okay. from Europe, wherever he was in Europe, they mm-hmm. sent him down to the Riverhounds for the last nine games of the season, I think. I think that was oh. while Steve Clark or somebody was still in Columbus. Um, and so they were just going to use him for the last nine games of the season or whatever. But they sent Zach Steffen down for like nine games. Um, and so he did appear for did appear for the Riverhounds for a very short period of time. Um so that yeah, I mean some of those Marshall Hollingsworth was good to have around. He was a good player. Um yeah. we had Connor Maloney this year, but that was just a couple games. Um and there were some other players that Columbus sent down for a couple games that were good. Um I don't think we ever got a position of need out of that, which would have been nice, like some of the times <laughs> where we needed goal scorers last year and different things, but yeah. Oh well. Yeah, it's funny how that works. We yeah. we kinda had that happen and it's you you'd think that it's a an easy thing. Oh, we need goal scorers. Why don't they just send us goal scorers? Or we need yeah. a defender. Yeah. Um, it's very odd. It's, yeah. Yeah. But um, w- one thing I'm kind of curious on is uh, how does, because I want to say I know Lily in the past has played with a very uh, dense midfield um, mm-hmm. and, and maybe not as many wide players or so. Definitely like maybe a one forward type of an offense and structure. So, so how does that look? Or how has it looked for for Lily this year? Is um, when he came in at the beginning of the season, you know, a lot of our journalists and people were asking, like, what is your system? Like, what do you normally play? And his answer seemed to always be, I play to the team we're playing against. Um, And so, (laughs) like, okay, great. Um, yeah, just, oh, just God. play against the team we're playing, you know, whatever. Um, and so he, such a non-answer. You know, yeah. Well, and we, it, 
that's the way it's played out, though, too. I mean, we've played mm. back four, we've played back five, we've played, you know, a midfield three, we've played a, you know, and it's just every game, it's kind of like, well, what's the lineup going to look like today? Um, <laughs> I would say consistently, um, it's been a back three or back five, a okay. midfield two, and then an attacking three. Um, and so, Typically, what it looks like is Nico Brad up top, Cristiano Francois, and Kevin Kerr or Canardo Forbes um, playing kind of the wide attacking roles. Uh, and then the central midfield is either like Mohamed Dabo, Ben Zemanski, um, yeah. Canardo Forbes, uh, just depending on who he has in there. And then a back three, and then outside wing backs who really have permission to go forward. So... Um, we've seen goals scored from kind of that position, the outside back position, as they've kind of been bombing forward and going on the overlap and different things. And so it kind of depends, but I think that's been our most consistent. I would say that's been our most consistent formation is kind of a five, two, three, I guess. Gotcha. Okay. okay. Yeah. So it might look a little bit like what Charleston does. Yeah. And, and that, it, it, they kind of remind me what the way you're describing it, it reminds me of Charleston. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when we've played Charleston in the past, it's always been tough because it is that kind of very similar formation, a very similar kind of way of playing the game. And so those have always been tough games for us. And, you know, they got the better of us a couple weeks ago, beat us one nothing on a on a Guerra goal at the end of the game. So, yeah, yeah it, it's a very similar formation. Very interesting. Um, and one thing you did mention, and I, I believe he's either in the discussion or at the top, and tied for the golden boot being Nico Brett. Um, I was trying to remember if I knew anything about him, but I was just looking at it, and I guess he played for Timbers 2 last year? Yeah. Where has he come from, and uh, <laughs> how is he so good? Because the even weirder thing is on the USL's website, which we all know is very or not very good half the time, he's listed as a midfielder. Yeah. He's obviously not a midfielder. No, he's not a midfielder. Unless I'm mistaken. Um, nope. So what does he bring to the game? I know he's a little bit shorter, it looks like. Um, how has he scored so many goals, I suppose? Yeah, um, I think his thing is positioning. I mean, I think that's one of his strengths is just positioning and making good runs. Um, As the season has gone on, um, he, yeah, what's interesting, you say you don't know anything about him. I mean, literally four weeks ago, I think, or so, on on my preview show, somebody asked me, what is Nico Brett? And I said, I think he came from the NASL last year. (laughs) And then I looked, I was like, nope, he didn't come from the NASL last year. Um, and so I didn't really know anything about him and him coming in, he was like probably going to be the third or fourth on the depth chart is what we thought when he got signed. Yeah. Um, you know, we had Romeo parks here from last year. I thought he was going to be kind of the starting striker. Um, and then we signed Dennis, Dennis chin. And I thought with Romeo and Dennis, they're kind of the same height, build stature, talent, you know, sort of skills. And so I thought both of them were kind of going to interchange. Well, Dennis got injured in the preseason. Romeo got injured two games into the season. And then Nico dropped a hat trick on TFC, too. So I remember Nico, that. And those uh, were all really nice goals, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, they were all very nice goals. So he is just really good about positioning and different things. I think on the show the other day, out of his 11 goals or whatever it is now, they're like uh, a majority of them with his right foot, but a few with his left and then a couple with his head, too. So, like... He can put him in any way he wants, it seems like, right now. Um, yeah. He just has an ability to kind of get in good positions and make good runs. And then use – he's short, but he's stocky. He's really stocky. So he's hard okay. to kind of knock off the ball once he's on it. Um, and so he'll use his kind of lower center of gravity to kind of body off some bigger center backs and different things like that. 
But I think a lot of the goals he scored are just, it comes down to positioning. Like, he knows where to be on a cutback or, uh, you know, somebody dropping a ball in the middle of the box or, you know, whatever, to kind of put something in the back of the net or on net at least. Um, and so I think that's been a, that's been his strength really is just being able to be in the right position most of the time. Yeah, it definitely looks like he, based on his stats and, and the little bit I saw in that steel game, that he's very, um, he's very savvy in where he needs to go. Like you said there, because yeah. um, it looks like he's got a thirty-three percent conversion rate. Yeah, um, yeah, which he's is ridiculously insane. accurate. Ridiculously um, I mean, accurate. Eleven of his thirteen goals are inside the box. So, I mean, yeah, take that what you want. Would you say that the goal? I think it was his second goal. The one that that gave you all the victory against the steel, where it was the it was the the the, the counter and uh, Francois crossed it to him. Was that a good example of of how he likes to play? Yeah, yeah, he yeah. really does. And I think what has actually helped him a lot is Francois kind of getting into the Pittsburgh way of doing things and kind of getting into seeing a little bit more of what Bob wants him to do in Pittsburgh. Um, he just even Francois over the past like three, four, five weeks has really played with some, I would say, good anger. Like, it's almost like he just, like, he knows what he wants to do with the ball all the time, and he's going to make sure it happens. Um, You know, and there's times where he's driving to the defender, and the defender knocks it off of him. But a lot of times he's able Mm -hmm. to, you know, use his speed or whatever to get around a defender. And then that allows Nico to kind of just get himself in a good position for a drop-off or a a pass or a cross or anything else to put it in the back of the net. I think there was, like... There was a good example just two, I think, yeah, so two weeks ago, we played Richmond on Saturday night, and there was a really good goal by Ben Fitzpatrick. He kind of got a good ball out in front of him, was able, was one-on-one with the keeper, just kind of slotted around the keeper, and Nico actually had a chance to touch that ball in, but he didn't because he realized it was going in, and literally four days later against TFC, we needed a goal at the end of the game. Francois made the exact same run that... Fitzpatrick did played the exact same ball trying to score a goal didn't make it but Nico had made the exact same run trying Mm. to get in and so it's like very clear like this is what we're trying to do you need to be in a good position for this and I think that was just another kind of demonstration of Lily Ball of being in the right place all the time and kind of playing a full 90 minutes that way so I think that's yeah I mean I think that's what he excels at is just being in the right position and then making sure if he's going to shoot, it's going to get on frame. Hmm. Interesting. Very, very cool. That's good. Good information I was not aware of. Um, yeah. So all good things. Um, yeah, I think that does about Listener it. questions, Ben? Or is there Let's anything you want to ask us about Charlotte before we do that? No, I think you can jump right into listener questions. All right. Uh, first one is uh, from Matt, and he asks, why is Lily Ball so good? And we've kind of talked about that already, but if you want to just give a quick answer, uh, yeah, that'd be I cool. think that I think that is like literally just discipline. Like he just makes sure players in the right place all the time. I think he wants to he wants to score, but he also wants to keep people off the net to, off the scoreboard. So it's like it's like the same thing on both ends. You know, he wants good attacks and he wants good defense, um, and that's what's happened most of the time for Pittsburgh this season. All right. Uh, the next question is from Richard, and he asks, "What are the key tactics to taking down the Pittsburgh Riverhounds?" Asking for a friend. <laughs> Presumably, that friend is Coach Mike Jeffries of the Independent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask, was that friend the Charlotte Independent <laughs> team? 
coach or whatever. Um, yeah, I don't. So I think it's just. Um, I mean, I think it. You have to make us play one way and then shut down that way. Um, and so I think like a lot of times if you know if we can do it, you know, there will be a spell of ten minutes where it's just like possession, and then we pull off a goal. There'll be later in the game, we'll get a counterattack. We'll go on the counter real quick. Um, and so I think there's there's variance in the way we play. But if you can make us play one way, um, either passing the ball around or that very direct route, and then shut that way down, that's what generally will beat us. Um, and that's what we haven't... The teams that we've been beaten by this season, um, Nashville, Charleston... I'm blanking on the other one. Uh, North Carolina FC. We know that North one because we were like, how? But yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's another think, story for another day. <laughs> I can't remember the North Carolina game and really why we got beat that game. But Charleston and Nashville, like both times, I mean, both of them play a very defensive mm-hmm. kind of strategy. So they just didn't let us score. And then both of them got goals in the 70, 80th minute, something like that. And so we just didn't have time to come back from that. So I think there's like the reality is you just got to shut us down on offense and then be able to score at some point in the game. You make that sound so simple. (laughs) I make it it sound simple, and then those games seem to be simple. It's just like there was times where we were just like, what are we doing out there now? Yeah. Yeah, I can't think of a game where we shut down the other team and then scored goals. I think. We've gotten a couple one nil wins, but none of them have been all that pretty or yeah. easy. Yeah. So it'll. I, I mean, if if I'm Coach Jeffries, I'm gonna try to lily ball the lily ball, you know. Yeah. But we're think, at home. Yeah, I think. It's or it's good. on the road, so that you know. Yeah. We'll see. Um, all right. There's another question from Richard. Let me get to it. Um, so he said, so a rebranding is all it took to have a great season. <laughs> um, and then he said, really, though, how sad was Pittsburgh to lose the hound head? And then there's a picture of the hound head, which is <laughs> very cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was cool for what it was. I'm not sad about it at all. Yeah. I've told people several times I like feel like an actual soccer team now with an actual soccer crest that is like respectable. Uh, there's still a little bit of me that we put a soccer ball on it and we put the paw print and I'm like, ah, but yeah, the rest of it kind of outweighs that. Yeah, the, the fact that we finally went to the Pittsburgh color scheme of black and gold and I feel like it's like, okay, now we're like, now we're real. Um, but I did like the Houndhead for, for a long time. For what it was, it was great. Yeah, I, I feel like it's... because it, it was weird. Oh, go for it, Ben. I loved it because it was weird, but it also felt like borderline minor league baseball sort of city islanders cool i was gonna say it kind of is from the pre the old era of usl with like city islanders and some of the more like you said minor league feeling yeah Yeah, i mean it was it was what it was you know when when pittsburgh came up with that or when they came up with that i mean that was when what the kansas city wizards still existed and (laughs) yeah some of those like old mls you know since those mls teams have all rebranded now i feel like it was probably time for us to do the same yeah i agree i love the new branding and and i know there was a lot it it was during the summer and so usl twitter and stuff had nothing else to do but talk about it and (laughs) so there were a lot of uh there's a lot of good 
reaction to that. Um, yeah. Yeah. But that is yeah. all of our listener questions. Awesome. So. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to the game. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys. I think, yeah. you know, you're one of the few we haven't seen yet. So. I was going through, I wrote an article today just about our season and everything. And I noticed, I think Pittsburgh's the only team that we have yet to play once. Yeah. So. I think you guys might be the last. Yeah, you might be the last right. team that we have to play for the first time. So, hmm. um, I think we've played everybody else at least, at least once. So, all right. Well, it we was, always. That's interesting do... that the schedule worked out that way. Yeah, yeah, the schedule's been. I'm hoping we'll have a little bit more balanced schedule next year, just with home yeah. games. I know I've noticed every team has had this problem, but all of our home games have been really spread apart, and yeah. and it it just you can tell that it was kind of thrown together at the last minute. Yeah. Yeah, you get three three home games in a row, and then you get three on the road. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Mm. So we always do predictions. Uh, yeah. So let's let's hear your prediction. Yeah, um, I mean, I think, I think, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how the team responds to Lind being out and and Kevin Curry even being out. I mean, Kevin hasn't been as influential on our season as he's been for the last three or four, um, but. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how we respond to that. I think two to one will be a pretty fair score line. I think we're at home. Um, that'll help. But I think, you know, you guys, if you can test Kirk or whoever starts in goal early and often, it could be an interesting game. But I think two to one. Two to one. All right, Ben, you're up next. I think that's fair. Um, I'm trying not to predict. excuse me, I'm trying not to predict like a horribly lopsided victory for Pittsburgh um, because I can't bring myself to do that, even though I think that could very well happen. Um, (laughs) The realist in me is becoming very strong compared to the optimist. I'm normally very optimistic with these things, but this season has kind of broke me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I'm still going to say an optimistic 2-2 draw um, would be a phenomenal outcome, even though it's still a point. Um, I think a 2-2 draw would be very um, positive. And the other thing is, NCFC was home, but if NCFC can beat y'all, why can't we? (laughs) Just throwing it out there. (laughs) I think there is is some parody in this league of... Oh, there's a lot of parody in this league. You know, Penn FC can beat Cincinnati at some point. Yeah, it's just crazy. I mean, we beat Cincinnati, and we beat we've uh, beat Ottawa. What five one on aggregate, and they're four spots above us. Yeah, yeah right. Well, I know right. uh, yeah. one of our buddies, Ryan Allen, who's on the USL show. He did. He said that you, uh, both Eastern and Western conferences have completed like the circle of I forget yeah. what it's called, where every team okay. has beaten every other team, type of thing. Okay. So yeah. there's there's definitely parity up and down, yeah, especially sure. in the East. Sure. I mean, with just with the playoff race being as crazy yeah, as for it sure. Is. Um, but I'll I'll bring us down. I'll say uh, Pittsburgh two, Charlotte zero. I almost went oh. Pittsburgh three, but I think Pittsburgh will get a second goal and they'll just kind of chill the rest of the game. Listen, Kirk's only like five nine. That's what worries about me about him. He does look really. Sh- I thought Listen, he really good, I I am but... just. Our road form this year has been absolutely atrocious. Yeah. We have given up four goal, four plus goals three times on the road. Oof. I think, and maybe one games on the road. I don't 
I think we've won one game. No, two. We've won two games on the road. One at Richmond yeah. at Ottawa, and then we've oh. given up. I don't know if those five really count, goals though. to Red Bulls to four goals to both Louisville and Bethlehem, two Ooh. goals to Atlanta to. Uh, I'm blanking on some of the other ones, but you get my point. Yeah. We have been very bad. Yeah. Still, I'm sure it's not much better thereafter. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I mean, just don't see us putting together a performance against a team that we're traditionally. Sure. I mean, we we struggle against Bob Lilly's teams in the past, sure. and this seems like an upgraded Bob Lilly team. Uh, so yeah. I, I, I just don't see it working out for us. Who hasn't struggled against a Bob Lilly team? That's in true. The past? That's true. <laughs> when, we, when we hired him, it's like, oh man, we remember playing Rochester last year and just not being able to do anything in those games. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, all right. Well, that wraps up predictions. Uh, is there anywhere else we can direct our listeners if they want to hear more about Pittsburgh other than Mongols? Yeah. Awesome. So Mongols is a great place. We release a podcast every Monday. Um, that's at Mongols on all the social medias. Um, and they release every Monday. And then I try to do a preview show, um, you know, a day or two before almost every game. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, PittsburghSoccerNow.com is our new kind of written site. Um, there's a couple guys who are writing on that site. So that's been a fun kind of addition to that season and the mongols podcast are all there as well so um pittsburghsoccernow.com is a great place to kind of read up on on what you can do and then um also our new bgn written section oh, um, yeah. if you know about that beautiful game network and um jeffrey fowler who's a part of the steel army our supporters group is doing some great stuff on pittsburgh there just released a thing on joe greenspan this week and so just good stuff yeah all around okay cool we'll throw all those in the show notes for potential listeners Sweet. So thanks for joining us. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for having me. All right, take Appreciate care. Appreciate it, man. Yep. And we're back uh, on Talking Jacks. Ben, thanks for setting up that interview with uh, Justin. That was a great conversation. Uh, yeah. I'm excited about the game, sort of. Uh, <laughs> I'm always excited about Independence games. Um, yeah. But I am less excited about this one than I think I would have been about playing Pittsburgh last year. Um, yes. Uh, playing the second team in the league is regardless of where we are, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's a tough situation and they're a very good team. They're a lily ball team. Um, there's a lot of factors that could yeah, be against us, but you know what? It's funny if we're gonna, it's just funny that if we're gonna have to, if we're gonna get in the playoffs, we're gonna have to go through Bob Lilly's team twice. Uh, oh god! And like, oh yeah, we will. Can, huh. Like, I know we joked all, all year that we can't lose to the river. Uh, we can't end our season losing to the Rhinos, but mm. there's a very good chance that Bob Lilly can end our season on Saturday effectively <sighs> by handing us a loss. Um, I know that. <laughs> that we won't be mathematically eliminated for a long time uh we probably won't be mathematically eliminated until you know a couple unless we just completely fall apart until a couple of weeks left on the season uh but i think if we lose saturday it's going to be almost impossible to overcome that being said if we can overcome that i think that's a huge Mm. boost to morale uh 
like like and like you said the the body language has not been great the last few games just like we we saw Jorge Herrera get visibly upset with his teammates mm-hmm. and you almost never see that but he that happened multiple times in the Bethlehem yep. game uh it just seems like the frustrations of the season are starting to wear at the players and it's showing yeah. on the field in their body language and they usually we usually don't see that in Charlotte. The only player yeah. who has negative body language consistently <laughs> is Alex. And yeah. but that's like sometimes you just have to live with that because he's creating chances and scoring goals. Uh, mm-hmm. but this season it's been more noticeable because he hasn't been creating chances and scoring goals. Um yeah. but but yeah, it, a, a win in Pittsburgh would do wonders for the rest of the season. Uh, so what do you think we didn't really t- talk about this with Justin, but I kind of want to talk about it. What do you think we need to do mm-hmm. differently? Because clearly the same old bag of tricks is, has not been working um, and maybe it will um, work if we can get healthy, but health aside, what do you think we should do? Health aside. I think one thing we need to do is we need to, we need to have more attacking options. Um, we've, I believe agreed on this a good bit that, um, or at least I'll say this. I, I like Ekra. Um, it is worth noting that Kivon George will be suspended for this game. Is that yes, right? Kivon is yeah. suspended and Alex yellow is one yellow card away from getting suspended. Um, so that'll make a difference there. Um, I would assume Ekra is going to slot in for him barring any injuries. Um, maybe. Yeah. So by default, We'll have to have another striker or attacking option in his place beside Herrera or with Herrera in whatever context that um, ends up being. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if we go with Calvert or if we go with Zayed. Um, I've been very pro Zayed and I'm continuing to be that way. I don't think this is a game where we need to start Calvert, honestly. Um, Calvert gives us things, but he's very. Every game he's been very hot and, my, and not not mild mannered at all. And to put it simply, we don't need that. <laughs> um, we need crispness. We need decisiveness. I, that's another thing that kind of struck me from the the steel game is we we kind of just passed the ball around and and they gave us some things. They definitely gave us some options, um, but we didn't really take advantage of those options. We weren't very. Um, crisp in those things um yeah we weren't we had a lot of possession but not not a lot of it was in the final third yeah we didn't have a ton of chances that were you would call like clear cut um mm-hmm. i mean four shots on target and and like we said one of them was a very gentle header uh right into the keeper's hands and then one of them was kind of a a low not well struck shot from outside the box. Like mm. I I think I don't know what the answer is up top. Um mm. I think it's tough. It, it is tough because nobody has grabbed that position and and claimed it mm-hmm. as their own. Which twenty three yeah. games into the season you don't want to you don't want to be saying I know Calvert missed like two months with injury. Uh but Zayed 
in Calvert's absence has not grabbed that position. And it's clear that Jeffries has noticed that and has gone with Herrera up top more often than not. I, you know, I like coach Jeffries, but he tends to stick to his guns Mm. uh, in that way. Like once he makes up his mind about a starting 11, he kind of sticks with it for better or for worse and tries to, which I can admire. Right? Like, obviously, you, as a player, you would love to play for a guy like that if you're in that starting 11 and you're one of the guys he trusts. Um, obviously, yeah. if you're not one of the guys he trusts, then you would not <laughs> like, then you probably don't like to play for him. Uh, but I, I would be surprised if we don't see Herrera up top, Ekra as number 10, and then yeah. some combination of Fosser. Uh, and or I guess not some combination. I guess Foster and Jordan, maybe yeah. as the as it the a, holding midfielders. It is an option. Um, I, I, just, I wouldn't I would mind not seeing be more Jordan. Um, <laughs> I just I would lean more. Yeah, I mean you're right. You're probably spot on thinking that that we could just slot in Jordan and keep Ecker where we've had him. Yep. Um, it, it's going to be interesting because we do have that new player we just signed who I'm not. I'm gonna try to pronounce his name. I'm gonna oh, you jumped it. ahead of me. I was. Oh, uh, we shoot. were gonna do news at the end. We were gonna do news oh, at the end. Crap. That's okay. Sorry. Uh, but no, I mean, like you, like, we'll 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 do that later. But yeah, I think we'll see essentially what we've seen in the important games so far. We'll see Herrera up top, which can work. I don't. I think one of the biggest reasons it's not working is because I think, and I th- this is my opinion, um, and it's probably wrong, or it can be wrong, but I think Herrera plays best when he has someone else ahead of him leading the line, and he has more space to operate in. I think what happens yeah. when he plays up top is most of the time he's doubled, uh, or he's making runs in behind and doesn't get the ball or he's making runs in behind and just doesn't have the legs to get to the ball yeah. or he's checking back too deep in the midfield and there's nobody running in behind him because Alex doesn't run in behind. And if Cato's not on the field, Kate, uh, airman doesn't run in behind. Nope. So if, if, if you're, if your center forward is going to drop deep to make space for someone else to run in behind and there's nobody else running in behind, it just jams up the middle of the field and we've seen that so often this season where you've got Jorge, Jan Ekra, and Alex all trying to operate in the same area of the field and getting in each other's way and bringing all the defenders in and losing the ball. So mm-hmm. I would love to see Caleb Calvert jump in up top uh, and and take control of that center forward position and make it his we haven't seen a lot out of him but like we said due to injury and then of course the suspension um he had his first game back last week he wasn't bad um i think he played a little over half an hour he did Mm -hmm. put one shot on target but he gives us a different style of forward he's not gonna drop yeah too deep uh 
and we know he's capable of scoring goals. Uh, we just have to create more chances for him. But what I think he will do is he will at least occupy a center back or two and give Jorge mm -hmm. more room to operate in space. Uh, I think that's so important. Though. Yeah, That's my opinion. I would like to see Calvert up top and then Jorge as the, as the number 10 slash second forward. Uh, <clears throat> and I would, I would put Foster and Ekra as the deeper midfielders. But like we've already said, I don't think that's what's going to happen. Um, so we'll see. Uh, so yes. we have one listener question before we get to the news. And it was, hmm. it's maybe not a question as much as it is uh, kind of a topic talking point, but it's from Wade. And he says, how about Calvert and Zayed playing up top together the last 10-ish minutes of the Bethlehem game? So this we can kind of talk about. Hmm. Maybe then we haven't talked about them playing together but we talked about them individually so what do you think about that option i think it's a it's a different dynamic i don't know that i'd love to see it from the get-go um from the position we were that part of the game i'm okay with it it does make a weird um dynamic where herrera is more uh is is deeper i believe he's more central i suppose um, and not as much of an attacking option, but, but yeah, the first time we've really seen that or for that much of time. Um, so it's another dynamic. I'll give it that. Um, but I think I would rather prefer to have, um, <clears throat> Herrera in a position that one of those would fill rather than have him more central, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think the problem with having both of them on the field is where do you play Jorge? Yeah. Um, because you basically have to either put Jorge on a wing uh, mm -hmm. or you have to play him as one of the deeper midfielders. Mm -hmm. And if you play Jorge as one of the deeper midfielders, you take our leading scorer and put him 30 plus yards further away from goal most of the time uh yeah. you make him have more defensive responsibility mm -hmm. and if you put him on the wing i don't think he has the legs to get up and down and and really do anything threatening uh unless he comes on maybe as a sub in that position and i don't yeah. want jorge coming on as a sub at this point um mm. because <laughs> Who are you going to start instead of him? Like, who are you going to start instead of our leading goal scorer? Yeah. I think at the beginning of the season, I was like, oh, we should use Jorge as a super sub more often this year. <laughs> but then nobody, we don't have the talent to take his place. Uh, yeah. Um, but I, I, like you said, I think it's it's an option. We've seen it, mm -hmm. I think, twice, two or three times now. Uh, I remember as far back as the North Carolina game, they both played the last half hour of the game together. And that was mm. Zayed's debut. Um, yeah. And, I mean, that game was not great overall. I don't think either one of them did anything mm. when they were playing together. And then I don't really recall them linking up or anything. I think you just – if you're going to play them, you're gonna you're committing to completely altering your style of play. Uh, because yeah. if you try to play – 
typical Jeffries ball where you're moving the ball around and interchanging, that's not going to work with the two of them up top because they're very similar and they, they're they not going to – either one of them are really not going to contribute a whole lot to the buildup. And so mm. you're going to be missing that's important. a link there. So yeah. if you are going to play them both – then you need to change the way you play and play very direct. Um, yeah. Which, if you're chasing a goal late in a game, I think you can do. But I don't think that's really sustainable for us for over 90 minutes or even 65-ish minutes. Yeah. So. You're essentially putting yourself in a situation where you'd have to have a sub prepared for a, right. more, a much more defensive mindset. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and we have one other, it's not a question, but uh, Jesse Newsom said, the Charlotte Independents are not the high-scoring team of the past. Last time we scored two-plus goals and one was in May. The last seven games, only five goals for. Be patient for the first goal, never concede first. Change our mentality to track back and defend, especially when tied. I think there's a lot to... I, I like that idea. I just don't yeah. know that we can really do that this late in the season. Um, yeah. I don't know that we have the talent to do that defensively. I know that sounds harsh. Or consistently, uh, consistency on the defensive side, even just a consistent backline personnel-wise. Yeah, that's, let alone, that's true. Yeah. I th- Maybe if we I, had I a, think... the same back four for more than two games in a row – we could talk about doing that. Uh, I just don't know if you're, if you're ever going to see a, a coach Jeffries team that's set up to be defensively, uh, like keep a clean sheet and win one nil. I just don't think that's, I mean, yeah. I, I wish we would take that approach on the road. Uh, like I wish we would go up to Pittsburgh on Saturday and play like five at the back with yeah. two defensive midfielders and like have Cato and, and Joel Johnson and people just blitz Pittsburgh on the break. But I just don't think we're going to set up that way. Um, yeah. But I think there's definitely something to be said to being more organized defensively and a little bit less front-footed in the attack, um, especially given – our form on the road, like I've said, where we try to pass out of the back every time and it leads to a lot of giveaways and it leads to conceding early um, and and then chasing the game, which we're not good at. But mm. do you yeah, have anything you'd like to add before we I mean, move into the The only games? thing I'll say against that, I feel like a lot of our goals have come in exactly those moments where we've been very direct, very quick, attack-minded, and because we've put the ball in the back of the net, we've obviously not let ourselves be uh, beaten on the return, but I kind of feel like that's the way we played more so this year than in the past. Um, So like you kind of said, I don't know that that really... It's not going to happen, quite frankly, at this point, because we're basically going to be reinventing the wheel. And not that that's 
would be not that that would be a bad thing because obviously the wheel that we've been spinning hasn't been getting us anywhere. Um, but yeah, I don't think our team is really built for that. Like you said, I don't. I just don't know that that's logical. I suppose. I yeah. don't know. But what do I know? I don't. Nothing is what I know. I'll, I'll answer that for myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That's fair. So uh, you've already broken the news, but we'll we'll move into the news section. Uh, so first mm-hmm. bit of news came. Uh, there were rumors of this for a couple weeks, I think, but yeah. uh, it was announced officially that our assistant coach Troy Lassane has left the left the club. Uh, to join USL's New Mexico expansion team, uh, which has yet to be named. So that's why they're USL New Mexico. Uh, He's (laughs) going to be their first head coach and technical director. So he is taking on a huge role. He's a Uh, technical director too. Interesting. I missed that part of the He's going to be, uh, I guess, in charge of, I don't know if that's necessary, you know, People can use technical director interchangeably, so I don't know if he's going to be in charge of all the player acquisitions uh, hmm. or what. But like Charlotte, we have a we have a general manager in Tom Ingstrom, who I yeah. think does a lot of the player acquisition stuff. Obviously, in tandem with the rest of the staff. But um, it, we, you know, we're going to miss Troy Lassane. It'll be interesting Very to impressive. see if we hire somebody to take his place in the interim. Uh, or what because yeah. that leaves our staff a little thin so i would imagine somebody's got to be doing his uh part of his role but it has been announced mm-hmm. so we'll That's keep true. our keep our ear to the ground on that one <laughs> uh but he left the club so we'll be we'll be watching for new mexico next year yeah, um, which unfortunately they play on a baseball field, but Ugh. I'll have to yeah. watch. We'll have to watch some anyways, just to kind of keep we'll watch their, their away games, I guess. <laughs> there you go. But, um, yeah. And then today, the bit of news dropped that uh, we have signed Bertrand Owundi Ekuo on loan from Minnesota United, and he's a center back, left-footed center back. Coach Jeffries. Uh, mm-hmm described him as being able to or he just said he was a left-footed guy playing out of the back is always a plus so yep i have no idea what that means um (laughs) it's it's interesting because that makes me think because i asked you about this maybe he'll play for donnie playing out of the back i mean i guess that doesn't elude that he'll be on the wing but oh no he'll be he's a center back he said he said he, Coach Jeffrey said he's a left-footed, a purely left-footed center back, coming yeah. out of the back. Yeah, I guess so I'm reading into if that. He, but if he plays, it sounds like he's going to play next to Bilal Duckett or Javon Watson yeah. at the as the left center back position, which has really been the most inconsistent position of the yeah. of the season as far as turnover. I mean, we've had. Games where yeah. Watson's played there, Jungsu's played there, Kalunji's played there, and Donnie mm-hmm. Smith has played there. So we've had four players operate in that position so far this season. Um, and he could be yep. the fifth. So, it almost makes me wonder <laughs> if um, we could see 
him be a part of a three-man backline, kind of like you alluded to. That'd That's be a, possible. That'd be a lot of change. That's possible. Um, you could see him be part of a three, a back three. It's it's interesting because we have a decent bit of talent back there now, um, or potential talent, I suppose. Because we don't know much about there. Um, of the the Minnesota Loney. That's how I'm going to refer to him as um, the Cameroonian center back, um, or the other Cameroonian. Come on, call him by back. his name. You can call him Bertrand. Oh. Bertrand. Okay, I can do Bertrand. Or a woundy. Um, a woundy? Mm-hmm. That's what Ooh, they that's... introduced him as in the tweet. They said a woundy. Okay, a woundy. I can do that. I, I like the sound of that. Um, now, he's Cameroonian, so I don't know if it's pronounced differently in Cameroon versus, like Ooh, I said, a woundy, but I guess it could be a woundy. Uh, we'll get, we'll, we'll eagerly await the game notes for the pronunciation guide yes um, but i i'll be interested to see if he ever sees the field for us um hmm. at at this point it's gonna be i feel like you don't bring a guy in this late unless he's going to play a lot but yeah also it's kind of difficult to i mean I feel like it's difficult to integrate a new center back this late in the season, mm. but I guess our center backs have been so yeah, inconsistent been that, that it, I, yeah, week. I was gonna, I just going to say like, <laughs> maybe we've just been so inconsistent that maybe they, if they think we can stick this guy back there for the next 11 games and he'll be an upgrade over uh, the, uh, the oscillating door. No, that's not the revolving yeah. door of revolving guys door, who have yeah. played in that position. Yeah. So I think I think it's a positive, if nothing else. It, it allows more depth. Thank goodness. Um, I guess he's in a way replacing Doom because who knows where Doom is? <laughs> he could still be in Cameron. Uh, or, yeah, Cameron. Or, no, that's not right. No, I think he's okay. in training again because um, the last. Yeah, but um, I don't know. There was a game I saw him at the state. I saw him at the stadium. Uh, oh, really? I, or I didn't. I wasn't at the stadium, but I saw him on the broadcast at the stadium. On the broadcast. Uh, uh, which game was it? Uh, the game against Penn FC, because really? he was he okay. was sat next to Sam Bynes. Uh, they were right behind the goal, okay. underneath the. I don't know the con- not the concourse. What do they call that? The field house. Uh, field house. Yeah. Sure, that makes sense. They were they that were place that, sat uh, there. Uh, Fosser ran to one time. Yeah. <laughs> but so yeah, I, but yeah, I think it's good. It's competition, if nothing else. Well, we we um, got plenty of competition there, clearly. So I just hope what? it's somebody. I hope he's somebody that can come in and and win the job and say, hey, I'm gonna play here for the next yeah. eleven games and then go back to Minnesota with some experience. Uh, although it sounds like maybe he's not cutting it at the MLS level. I don't know. He's twenty. Is he 22 or 24? Four, I think 24. I think you're right. I think he is 24. But I, 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 I would lean on the side of Minnesota's not going to loan him down if there's not – not that we're going to be obligated to start him, but there's some desire to get him t- playing time, I suppose. That's a good point. Maybe there, maybe Minnesota um, wants to see if he can play. At, you yeah. know, maybe it's, maybe it's a thing where we need a center back uh, – Minnesota's like, hey, we've got this guy. We think he's talented, but he's not quite 
good enough to get into our our starting 11 let's loan him to you guys if he's good enough then maybe we'll take a look at him in the next season in the preseason um Mm -hmm. maybe it's a deal like that i don't know it's it's always interesting when we do these deals that aren't with colorado you know how they start whether it's a mutual approach or if minnesota came Mm -hmm. to us or if you know it be very interesting to see how that came about. Yeah, whether it was us that went to them, or they came to us, or or how that came about, yeah. I suppose. But uh, but positive things. It's it's a new. Um, it's an it's more likely that we'll have a a, a solid eighteen, which is always great. Yep. Having a full eighteen is is nice. Uh, we don't know of any injuries, uh, but it you know another ten days off after ten days off. And then a game. Hopefully, Cato will be back. Because if Cato's back, mm. he changes a lot. Uh, he's a very talented Every. player that I think has gone a little under the radar this season. Uh, mainly because it seems like every time he gets going, something bad happens. Mm. Uh, I feel like he's gotten hurt just twice, but it seems like it's both times it's been right when he's been scoring goals and stuff. Um, but yeah. we'll see. Uh, as we saw in my predictions, I'm not very confident. But we've kind of talked yeah. about it a lot. If we're going to turn it around, we we got it's got to start Saturday. Yes. So, do we have anything to add before we get out of here on this extra long um, Talking Jacks Extra? Not that I can recall. No, uh, watch party on Saturday. Yeah, for all you Jax. guys who live in Charlotte, go to the watch party. Uh, yes, um, I'll be there's... pulling a Chris Davis, or maybe I'm. I haven't decided if I'm going to do a Chris Davis or if I'm just going to like follow along. I'll be at a wedding. It's a tough um, call. I, I, part of me wants to just follow along and if we win i'll go back and watch it if we lose then i don't have to watch it uh but that wouldn't make for a good podcast so i'll know i'll watch it at some point i just don't know what state i'll be in watching it gotcha. uh, so uh yeah let's get out of here this is already getting it's going to be running running about an hour and 15 i think so Ooh. sorry everybody if you were expecting half an hour uh <laughs> Most of the time we sit down to do these and we're like, let's bang this out in 30 minutes. And then yep. 50 minutes later, we're <laughs> signing off. So yeah, it's just the way we do it. It's our brand. Uh, speaking of our brand, let's mm-hmm. plug our t-shirts. Oh, uh, yeah. I almost forgot. Go order a t-shirt. Uh, I know the first batch has run. And the, if you ordered yours at the start, you've gotten it. Uh, I got my order. The, it's like the softest shirt ever. Very uh, nice it rivals the softness of the Jack's malicious shirts. I would say they're right, Ooh. right, right side by side competition. Um, friendly. So it's on our Twitter. If you need the link, it'll also be in the show notes. Um, and if you want yours autographed by Ben <laughs> and I contact Ben, if you're in Greenville yes. and contact either of us, if you're in Charlotte, uh, and because I don't think we have any listeners in High Point, except for <laughs> me, and I don't listen. Not yet. So, not yet. Yeah, till the team plays a friendly up here in the preseason. I don't know. That'd be cool. Never know. Uh, anyways, 
Uh, let's go beat Pittsburgh on Saturday. Come on, you jacks.